This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and today we're going to talk about how can speakers get PR. You know, working with the media sometimes seems really daunting to speakers, and yet if you can do a good job at that, that can lead to getting you exposure, which can lead to finding more clients. And today we are joined by Stephen Levine from Grapevine PR. Now, Stephen is somebody who lives in Austin, Texas, where I live, and we just recently crossed paths. I've heard his name several times, but I had a conversation with him the other day and found out that in addition to other things, he works with experts and speakers. And so I thought it would be fun to bring somebody from outside the National Speakers Association world in and talk a little bit about PR. So Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you for having me. So Stephen, what are your two tips for speakers on how to get PR? So I'd say the two tips are number one, have an epic story. And two is see the media really as a partner to provide lots of value to them and uh, work together with them, make their job easier so they can do a better job for you. Awesome. Well, we'll unpack those two tips and some others. But for those of you who don't know Stephen, because he does come from outside the National Speakers Association world, he helps his clients get media attention. Now, he works with a couple of areas. He works with technology companies, Hollywood celebrities, big brands, and the expert and speaker category, which is where we all fit. And he's been doing this now for almost 20 years. So Stephen, what made you found Grapevine PR? So it's kind of um, an interesting story of it organically happening. When I was in high school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an architect, but I wasn't very good at math or science. And I naturally loved, I loved telling stories. And I also loved, loved music. And I would promote musicians that I like to my classmates and collect memorabilia and all that. And one day my dad said in the car, who is an HR expert uh, and recruitment specialist, he said, you know, you're a born promoter. You should be a publicist. And I had never heard that term before. So I didn't know what it was. And so I studied it in college and it was a natural fit. I loved it. And as soon as I graduated, I sort of started it at my desk as an intern and <laughs> Just mainly dealing with musicians. And then it was uh, about a year later when I was working for a real estate PR firm that I decided I I need to chase this. I need to see where this goes. And it sort of took off very quickly. And that was about 2006, 2007. And I've been doing it ever since. 
So when we interview people on the show who come from outside the speaker world and outside the the NSA world, I always find it interesting, all the similarities that we find, because you said, you know, Mm. I sort of fell into it. I didn't really know it exists. If you interviewed a whole bunch of professional speakers, they would tell you that's the same way they got into the business. They didn't know that you could go out and get paid to speak about a topic where you were an expert. And, you know, they sort of were doing something else and opportunities came up. So so we have a lot in common with you along along that realm. So let's jump into this area of PR. Did you start off with musicians and then other celebrities? How did you get into working with these different categories that you work with? Originally, it was specific to entertainment. So, uh, well, we were working with, we were also working with authors and working with actors and filmmakers. And then it started, we called ourselves an, enter, I mean, Grapevine was sort of more of an entertainment lifestyle uh, PR firm. So we were working with spas and gyms and small businesses, and that just kept growing. We worked with like Caesars Entertainment on some nightclubs. It really just started to keep expanding to where we have kind of worked with every kind of client and every kind of, because of that, every kind of media outlet worked with neurosurgeons. I mean, but um, eventually kind of realized Where's the sweet spot where, what are the kinds of clients that we, we feel we could provide the most value value to? And what are the kinds of clients that I really just personally want to work with? And that's where we, you know, kind of came up with our four divisions on tech celebrities, brands, and experts. So let's talk a little bit about the expert section. Sure. So, cause that's where everybody listening to this podcast falls. How did you get into working with, with authors and speakers and other people who fall into that expert brand? And what do you like about working with them? Well, what I love about working with experts is they really know who they are. They know how to market themselves well. They generally know what their story is. They're normally natural born storytellers. So, and I love that with even within that one category, it's so uh, diverse. I mean, you can have an author talking about blockchain and then you can have a speaker talking about health and wellness. I mean, it just ranges because at the, at the end of the day, it's really just about essentially a subject matter expert. Sure. Sure. Well, let's jump into the tips that you had. Your first one was have an epic story. Now, obviously, speakers have an epic story when they're on stage. We all have sort of that signature story that maybe we're famous for that that makes us an expert in our in our area. But when we're talking about getting PR, what do you mean by have an epic story? Great question, because the way that the media might see it doesn't always go hand in hand with how even your audience might see it when you're on stage or how you may see it. So it's really about kind of narrowing down first of all so we have we have a system we generally use to help our clients tell an ep- or find out their epic story which is it's three pillars it's uh your roots which is where you came from your education you know your your background essentially this is essentially your origin story and this helps to build connection and familiarity with your audience um, and show them your perspective then we have your stakes which is your level of investment your level of risk sort of shows your highlights your passion behind you know chasing whatever vision that you have um, and then your impact and your impact and that builds uh, your stakes build your trust and credibility with your audience. And then your impact is essentially what you're doing. It's the value you're providing. So it's whether it's a tech solution for speakers, it would be, you know, it's essentially it's your story. It's what you're what you're providing the the kind of help and guidance and takeaways. So that's first of all how we kind of come up with what your epic story is. But that those three pillars can really change depending on who who it is. But it's really about then taking it and narrowing it down to 
make sure that, you know, the, the media, it's so, the media landscape is so fragmented. So not only are reporters pressed for time, but they know that their readers and their viewers are also pressed for time. So it's really about kind of bullet pointing what that story is to make it concise, to get it in front of them. And also so that they understand that they can convey it to their audience as well. And that's generally, it sounds like it's very easy because you're, you know, eliminating a lot of, but it's actually very, very difficult. So it's about refining it. So a lot of speakers think, you know, oh my gosh, I'm releasing a new book. All of the media, you know, the Today Show is going to want to have me. Everybody's going to have me. Uh, All the podcasters out there are going to want to have me in because I'm a speaker who just wrote a book. Of course, if we think about it, there's, you know, 10,000 plus people who are speakers, many of which have released books or will be releasing books very soon. So there's nothing really epic in the story that you're an author who wrote a book. So how do you, how do you take the fact that you've, you've got an event like the release of a book? How do you take that and make it something that makes the press go, Oh, so you've got to take that book and you've got to essentially distill it down to its key. Like it's the goal, the main takeaway, the main theme, the book is essentially, I mean, from a marketing standpoint, it's a vehicle. It's, it's just to get another part of your brand and it's important, but you've got to basically distill that book into its, I would say three main takeaways. And that's what you go to the, the audience with. So you don't necessarily lead with the book. You lead with what is in the book and tie it to what you do for a living. So you don't have to name names, but I know you've worked with some experts that are pretty, pretty well known to probably some of the listeners. What are some things that some of your clients have done where they've really gotten a big splash in the media? A couple stories of uh, I'll, I'll pull people that their names might ring a bell. So the first one is our uh, client, Danny Pintaro, who was best known for being Jonathan Bauer on Who's the Boss? All eight seasons of the 80s uh, sitcom. And so when we started working together, he said, listen, I haven't told anybody this story and I really think it could change lives. And I have the one person that I feel comfortable with sharing the story and helping me share the story, which is Oprah. And his story was how he was HIV positive and also struggled with a drug addiction. So we spent lots of time going after Oprah's team. Actually, we got a pretty quick response back, but just based on logistical reasons with her show, it took a a few years, but they ended up doing a sit down, exclusive sit down with him in 2015. And it made you know, every top news, you know, headline and we rolled it out and took him to the view and he went on the view and ET and, and all that. And it's because his story not only was a very personal one, but it's also a very personal one to other people as well. So it was really about providing, you know, educating everyone, educating the public on what people in his situation, in that situation go through and also sort of destigmatizing, you know, reducing the stigma that that's associated with the virus. And also, so, so that one got a lot of attention and, and that's what I call a, it's a, it's a story that really, really matters. It's what we really try to convey, which is, when you have that perfect storm of something that's very, very personal and how you can then provide value to the public, that's when you really have a you know story that that matters. So I would say that's the first one. So so I, w- I want to follow up two things about that. Number one, something that I want to make sure everybody heard is it took two or three years from making the pitch to actually getting on to that main show that you were you were really targeting, which, of course, everybody listening, of course, Oprah, Oprah doesn't have the regular show anymore. But to be on anything that is connected to Oprah 
pretty awesome for for anybody. But the second thing is, is because he was already famous, right? Because he had been on Who's the Boss with you know uh, Judith Light and uh, Tony Danza, that opened up some doors. What about people who don't have that level of fame? Can you still get a big media hit? It's obviously, I'm not going to sugar, sugarcoat it. It is harder. I mean, our, we live in a society where we usually jump towards, uh, you know, recognizable names. It's just how our society works. But yes, it does. I mean, there are plenty of authors. There are plenty of experts that sit down with Oprah or sit down with The View where they don't have a recognizable name yet, but they just have such a compelling story that it's so hard for those producers behind the scenes to turn it away. And they know that they're providing value. Our society definitely focuses much more on on people with an already established name. But I would also say just because you have an established name, there have been times where um, I've been pitching a very well-known client. I'll mention him later. And I've had media outlets turn him away. So it doesn't always lead also to them you know, picking up the phone. So it's kind of, you know, again, at the, at the end of the day, you really, really need a compelling story. Nice. All right, let's move on to that. You had one other example that you were going to give. So another example is our client, William Shatner, who's on Star Trek. He's an author. He's now an astronaut. And he would, a lot of the public doesn't know is that he has this charity organization, this Hollywood charity horse show that he's been doing for 30 years, 30 years, 30 plus years. And it's, you know, local to Los Angeles, but he, he raises money for different charity organizations within a city that relate to children, veterans, animals. And so he really hadn't promoted it in a while. And we came on board with him about six or seven years ago and were able to use, you know, essentially reinvent the way that that story was told because it had been told so much that the media kind of said, there's nothing else we could do with this. We've already told the story. So sometimes it's also about reinventing it. And that takes a bit of finesse, but it could be done again when there's a compelling story. So it's about, in that case, it's about looking at the way that it was told in the past and also looking at all the little threads that come off of that, that main story and then figuring out how you want to position it. It's sort of the way that we would usually refer to it as a, a pitch angle or a hook. Nice. All right. So your second tip was see the media as a partner. Correct. So a lot of people look at the media as kind of adversarial because they send press releases, they they hire PR people who pitch them and all this, and, and they get a trickle or they get nothing and they think, oh, darn, darn gosh, media. So what do you mean see them as a partner? First of all, rejection is just going to happen when you're pitching media. It's, it, it is a numbers game. Um, obviously, the, the, the way that you present it to them and the, the story is going to you know, it's going to up that number. But at the end of the day, reporters, producers, journalists essentially are, they're just being bombarded. They don't have, they don't have time. Just like a lot of us don't, you know, we're being bombarded. So first of all, you have to kind of know the reality behind the scenes of that. It's not personal, but also they're a conduit to help you tell your story to their audience. And so rather than see them as adversarial, see them as a partner. And in doing that, make sure that you're making it as easy as possible for them, both to digest what you're sending them, to absorb it, and then to know that they could easily tell that story without a lot of effort to their audience. So um, so I can break down some ways to do that. Yeah, it, it would be great if you could kind of talk about, if, if you're pitching the media yourself, what are some ways that, that you could do that to make it, Make it bite-sized for them, if you will. 
bullet points are critical. Again, we're in a society where everything, we're just being bombarded by information uh, all the time. So if you can make it essentially bite size and really, again, distill it down to its main essence where you're not losing any information, but you're, you're making it easy to read. So, you know, three or four, maybe even five bullet points. Also making sure that you're giving, you're giving them assets. So you're giving them photos, you're giving them videos, you're giving them your electronic press kit. And I could talk a little bit about more what, more what that entails. If you have a book or books, you make sure that you could send those, whether that's a digital co- galley copy or hard copy. And also very important, especially for broadcasts, is make sure you have a reel. It's one of the most overlooked assets that I found whether it's an entrepreneur, an expert, or just a, generally a brand, doesn't often have. So by a reel, I mean footage of both you speaking, if you're uh, both you speaking in public um, and off professionally speaking, and also speaking on camera. So if you can get that, if you have that, that's super critical. And also most important is make sure that you, number one, respond to the media as soon as possible. And also that you you know, know the old phrase, be careful what you, what you wish for, know that you're pitching them. And if they come back and they want to do something with you, that you are ready to do it so that you have your talking points, because the last thing that they want is to say, let's move forward. And then you're freaked out about it because now it's, it's real. So, so those are sort of, those are some of the most important components of that tip. So what's actually really important there is you talk about having that reel of clips of you being interviewed by the media. Correct. Because as speakers, we all have our our speaker reel, which is us on stage, you know, doing the stuff that we do that meeting planners look at. But having a separate reel for the media is probably something that a lot of, of speakers haven't thought about. And so what would go into that reel? Would it be uh, like audio podcasts? Would it be video stuff that you've been interviewed on, whether it's the Today Show or, you know, Speakernomics? I'd say all of the above, but not again, don't, don't throw everything in the kitchen. Don't throw everything you have into it. Make sure that it's the best footage. And whether that's even, if that means not including everything, that's a good thing. So whether that's just audio, I would say focus much more on the video component when you have it, but I'd say include uh, footage of you speaking on stage, whether that's a TEDx, whether that's a local chamber of commerce, whether that's, you know, an arena, whatever that is that best highlights you make sure that you include that. And also if you have it, you know, sometimes if you're just starting out, you don't have that TV footage and that's what you're trying to get. But if you have it include footage of you on local regional TV, you know, shows like, you know, here in Austin, uh, you know, like KXAN or in LA, good day LA or something like that, whatever that is, make sure you include that. And that could also include, you know, that could also be podcasts, but obviously a visual component is, is going to work much better for you. And then you mentioned an electronic press kit. What goes into that? So an electronic press kit is sort of, is about taking all of your assets essentially and putting them all in an easy to display and digest kit. And so it used to be an actual printed packet. Nowadays, it's, it could be a Dropbox. So in your EPK, you'd have your bio, you'd have maybe a fact sheet, which would be your, your main f- facts about what you do and who you are. Some media, some photos and videos. Again, if, especially if it's a, a, in a Dropbox, you can do that easily. It could have press clips. So those are clips from newspapers, magazines, or broadcasts. So those are the most 
the most important. Uh, there's other things you can, you know, include as well, one sheets and, and that sort of thing, but those are the most critical components. And obviously lasted contact information. A lot of speakers have uh, on their websites, a page for meeting planners that has everything a meeting planner would need. Should they have a press page as well? 100%. Yeah. You, you can have a, a sort of a private EPK link for press, but it's also important to showcase that press as well to those that visit your site and those that might hire you for a speaking engagement. There's two ways to, to do this. So you can have an as featured in or as seen in banner at the bottom of your homepage. And that could have, you know, your four or five top media placement, uh, the outlets, forms, whatever they are. And then the media page could have both press releases on it and also links to click on actual interviews and stories in which you've been featured. So when you and I met recently, we talked about the fact that as your agency is growing, you can't work with some of the smaller companies and some of the maybe smaller experts that are out there just because of you just purely don't have the time. So one of the things you've created is sort of a PR boot camp. And, you know, I don't I don't necessarily want to pitch that, but I want I want you to tell what's the idea behind what you've sort of put together, because I think it's a great idea for people to start looking at how do I learn to do this myself if I can't afford to hire an agency? Thank you for asking. I would so, so this came about for a number of reasons, but the main reason is that I prefer to be the one that is pitching, you know, our clients to media because it's the most critical part as far as writing, press releases and that sort of thing. I can get support with that, but I really want to be the one driving strategy and media outreach and I there's only so much time that I could do that on behalf of clients. I've unfortunately have been having to turn away which is both a, it's actually not a good, good thing, but I've, we've had to turn away a lot of potential clients over the last few years, primarily solopreneurs, experts like speakers, authors, coaches, consultants, because there just isn't a way to, to handle that, that, that much business. So we've decided that it, it takes a lot of time. It, obviously it's, it's better if you're an expert at it, but Anybody could essentially do PR um, if they're willing to invest that time. So it's really just kind of about this boot camp is about providing the tools and the knowledge to speakers, authors, experts, and solopreneurs to do their own PR, to know, you know, from basically the beginning of the boot camp starts off with what is PR earned media. It's media that you earn. It's not media you pay for, and it's not media that you create, that you own. It's earned media. So taking them through the basics of just the fundamentals of PR into then how do you tell your epic story? How do you craft media pitches? How do you come up with a target media list to know who you want to go after? How do you implement and execute upon that? And then at the end, which is essentially once you've done that, how do you leverage it? Because it's not the end you want to make sure that you're properly amplifying that so it kind of takes them through all stages of the process and we have a one-on-one -on -one strategy session with them to really get specific but essentially it's to equip them with the, the tools and the knowledge to do it themselves and we also support them along the way nice nice so if somebody wants to sort of learn to do this themselves there's boot camps like yours available are there any other ways that they can learn how to do pr on their own i would say i mean find a mentor, 
There's tons of books out there on PR. Just make sure, I mean, the fundamentals have not changed. So even if you found a book from decades ago, I'm sure it would be semi-relevant, but make sure you're essentially looking at books that are more contemporary because because it has changed. The media landscape has changed. And watch videos online. I mean, there's so much knowledge, there's so much information online, but I would say probably the, the best thing you could do is just to do it. You're going to make mistakes, but just put yourself out there. And before you do that, know, know your story. All right. So we only have a few minutes left. Is there anything else for speakers about getting their own PR that we haven't covered that you just wish that every expert, every speaker, every consultant out there, that as you work with these people or you run across them, you go, God, I wish you knew this. Is there anything else they need to know? I give a few other tips, which is don't waste the opportunities to try to get media attention. So wherever you're doing a speaking engagement, as long as it's public, make sure that you reach out to those local and regional media outlets, whether that's in Atlanta, whether that's in Dayton, Ohio, make sure that you're pitching those TV affiliates, those local newspapers every time that you're, you know, you're doing that, send them a press release, send them a pitch and offer to offer to, to speak with them. I would also say it's important that you know know your audience. So that way, you know, what kinds of media outlets that you can go after. So for instance, if you were a very business focused or business centric professional speaker, then let's say you're speaking about finance or entrepreneurship, you know, Forbes, Fast Company, Inc., those kinds of outlets are going to be success magazine. Those are going to be more in your real house than if you're speaking about health and wellness, let's just say nutrition. Um, and then also, again, know how to leverage the press that you get. Once you do that, make sure that you are, again, coming up with using it for an as seen in banner on your website, writing, be a, be a thought leader, write content, you know, pieces of content on whether you're posting to your blog or your medium. So make sure you're putting yourself out there because that's one other thing is when you are reaching out to media, they're going to look for social proof and they're going to look to see if you're out there ready in Google speaking about these subjects. And last is make sure you're posting to social media all the time because people like to see activity. It's just so whether it's a TV appearance, a podcast, a print placement, or you're writing a piece of content, make sure you're always posting it to your, you know, your social media platforms. So do reporters actually go and, and check out your social media sometimes and they like to see people who are active and have that experience? Absolutely. We do something for our clients called a digital audit where we go on their Instagram accounts, their Twitter accounts, and we make sure that the client is following all relevant reporters and hopefully they're following them back so that they can follow, you know, that client's news and what they're doing. So absolutely. They're going to look to see if you're, um, if you're active on there. Nice. Well, Stephen, I'm glad that we crossed paths recently and that you agreed to jump on here and be a guest on Speakernomics. Uh, if people would like to find out more about you or about the Grapevine PR, how do they find you? They can go to Grapevine PR on basically any social media platform. Uh, we have a, a group on Facebook called uh, Grapevine PR Stories That Matter. And also, you can simply just go to our website, uh, theprgrapevine.com. Nice. Well, again, Stephen Levine, thank you for being here. And thank you for everybody who tuned in and listened to Speakernomics, the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. Join us next week for more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to go out and make more money and build a better business as a professional speaker. And always remember the motto of this podcast. Speak, get paid, repeat.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.